You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Peter King will join us coming up here in a little bit. See if he agrees with some of my draft assessments here. Spent a lot of time on Jordan Love. I like that Aaron Rodgers reached out to Jordan Love. They talked. I don't know exactly how long the conversation lasted, but they did have a conversation. Look, it's not Jordan Love's fault. If, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm, I may not like that you took Jordan Love, but that doesn't mean I won't like Jordan Love. I still don't like the draft pick. I said it in the first hour. I've got somebody here. Best case scenario is available in three years. Assuming Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt. Three years, maybe I get him. Maybe it's a fourth year. And then I got one more year left on that team-friendly rookie quarterback contract that everybody wants because that's how you build. You know, when you bring Jared Goff in, you, you draft him because you want him to play right away. Carson Wentz, you draft him, you want him to play right away. Baker Mayfield, right away. Joe Burrow's going to play right away. is going to have to wait a year probably, and then he's going to play. You want these quarterbacks to play right away because you want to take advantage of those contracts. You're not going to take advantage of a guy you traded up to get because from what I'm told, the Colts wanted to take Jordan Love and you're not going to be using him. I would have used those. I would have used that pick, those picks. I would have moved up to get a defensive guy. If you think that's what's keeping you from the Super Bowl is your defense because San Francisco got better, folks. And if you're not going to take a defensive player, then take a high-end wide receiver because there were a few of them in that draft. It's just like I go back to the Vikings. The Vikings had all of these draft picks stored up for the third day of the draft. And I went, why didn't you take those draft picks? Why not take 12, condense it to three really good picks with players who are going to make your team? That's what I didn't understand. You don't have roster spots available. I didn't understand that philosophy. I like what the Cowboys did a lot. I'm still not sure about the Dolphins. I love what the Browns did. Browns made some smart moves there. Cowboys, some smart moves. I like what Denver did. Uh, I'm not going to hand out grades, but uh, mine's, mine's pass-fail. That's the way I like to take a class is pass-fail. Well, there's no need to get caught up in those tricky grade point averages here. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to our radio and TV partners. You can watch on youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. It is free to watch. And it feels like sometimes we should be paying you to watch us. McLovin, are you changing the poll question from the first hour? Yeah, I wanted to put up uh, in the first hour, which you prefer, the traditional draft or the virtual draft? Because I think virtual draft might win. Well, why can't we have both? Like, I don't, uh, I, I don't need to have one or the other. Well, how do you combine the elements of both if they're all going to be in per? All the first rounders are going to be in person, and Goodell's going to be in person. Well, that's the only thing I'm missing out on. You know, the commissioner with his fireside chat when he's in a chair, I couldn't care less about <laughs> that. I mean, it's nice that he's we're, we're humanizing the commissioner. Look at him. He's got a T-shirt on. He wears khakis. Oh, my gosh. He's got a dog. Like, I, I didn't need all of those things. And if the picks aren't there, what I liked was the war rooms. That's what I thought was great. And you just take some of that. I'm fine with that. But, you know, the commissioner in his chair, and I don't need that. And, you know, Skippy his dog or Blake his dog, whatever his dog's name is is, uh, you know, that's nice. But it, it's like Norman Rockwell. We're going to have this painting here. Oh, look at this. It's, there's nothing that he, whatever. Like, 
I, we can we can take some of this. We don't have to go either this or that. Yes, Paul. I, I guess what the poll is though, if you'd like to go in an extreme direction, if you'd like to say, oh, you know, this this mom and pop feel, if you could just organize it a little better, could this be the future and a lower cost version instead of trotting it all over the city and having gondolas and you know, is it Cleveland next year or Vegas and then Vegas? Is, I think L.A. Is it is it? I think no, it's Cleveland. Then are you sure? I think it's L.A. because they have the I new thought stadium. It's Cleveland, L.A. I'm not sure which direction, but instead of going that slick TV look like all the years past, do more of a mom and pop version of the draft and make yourself more likable as a league. The league NFL is always looking for that option. It may not be good business wise. They no. You have to understand the philosophy of the NFL. They want to eat everybody. You know, they don't go. Should we get Shakira for halftime or J Lo? No, both. I mean, that's how they think. That's their philosophy. They want bells and whistles. They they don't care that you go. You're you're a spendthrift. Hey, you should be smarter with your money. These guys want to come out, take over the the city, and give that city the opportunity to bathe in money for uh, you know a week or so. I there's nothing there's nothing frugal about the NFL. Because they had to do this. They didn't choose to. They had to do this. All right. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. So did we change the poll question, McLovin? Yeah. All right. I just put up okay. which do you prefer. And All by right. the way, I think Paulie's right. I think they canceled L.A. and moved it to Cleveland. Okay. Remember that headline about six months ago and that there was a change? So it's Cleveland, L.A., Vegas. Uh, no, it's Cleveland, Vegas, TBD. Something happened with Los Ooh. Angeles. I'll look into the story. Oh. But, uh, that's, but I just... Real quickly, looked it up. I'll find out what okay. the story. Is. See, we should go to the Cleveland draft and skip the Vegas draft. Be cool. Be don't be like mm. everyone else and go to Vegas to live it up. Let's mm. go to Cleveland and turn mm. it up. Yeah, I'm I'm okay being right. being an Ohioan. Take you guys back there. Well, even though I'm from Cincinnati, you're not from Cleveland. Yes, Fritzy. The other problem with the virtual draft is even though they tried to incorporate it in the screen behind uh, the commissioner was having the fans and all the team jerseys and their reactions, whether they were jumping up and down excited or <laughs> making faces or crying because they hate the pick. That was a big element that was missed, even though they tried to work it in somehow, like with a Zoom thing on a TV screen. I think that's a good point that you, you missed that spontaneity uh, in real time. And then, you know, when the commissioner would be trying to get the crowd riled up. How did he sound, Seton? Hey, is that all that you've got? <laughs> Come on. You can do better than that. <laughs> At day three. It's like, it's oh. like the ninth hour of the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we booed you already. We're not booing you again. You is know? that all you've got, Jets fans? <laughs> Come on. Let me have it. <laughs> let me have it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, some phone calls. We'll get to those uh, coming up. Peter King will join us a little bit later on. Reggie Miller will stop by. Uh, parts three and four of the Bulls documentary. Michael Jordan says he still hates the bad boys, the Detroit uh, Pistons. I'm not surprised there. You know, that's the beauty of Jordan. That a lot of these guys go, you know, whatever. I'm good with it. Yeah, you just move on. Mike doesn't move on. <laughs> Mike will hate Isaiah and the Pistons the rest of his life. And he doesn't care. Plus, if you're Mike, you get to jab him again. You got a documentary. And that's what part, you know, last night was uh, partly about. And then you get Rodman, who was with the Pistons, who then eventually gets with the Chicago Bulls. But, you know, the fact that they beat up Michael Jordan, not roughed up, they beat him up. 
And that's why Jordan, but it made Jordan a better player because Jordan then went out and started lifting weights. Uh, he had, you know, his great trainer, uh, Tim Grover, who came in and he put muscle on and he wanted to give the punishment back. And he did. Uh, you know, then the Pistons didn't shake their hands when they walked off the floor. But then the Pistons said, well, the Celtics did the same thing to us. It was just that was the way it was back then. You actually had players and teams that didn't like each other. Weren't friends. Respect, yes. But, you know, it was bad blood. And nobody liked the Pistons. Outside of Detroit, nobody liked the Pistons. Even that style, you didn't like the Pistons. Uh, but, you know, that's what made them great. They didn't care. I thought some of the interesting parts with the uh, documentary last night was really the palace coup of getting Doug Collins out as the head coach and bringing in Phil Jackson. You had this brilliant offensive-minded guy, Tex Winter, and Doug Collins and Tex Winter, that wasn't going to work out. You had the triangle offense. You get Phil out of the CBA who comes in. And Phil says to Michael Jordan, basically, hey, all the stuff you did before, you're not doing that anymore. And Jordan's looking at this going, wait a minute. You know, I'm leading the league in scoring. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting up big numbers on people. I'm the defensive player, the, all of these things. And then Phil Jackson wisely said, no, we're going to build a team. And you're not going to be this one-man show. And, and Doug Collins was allowing Mike to do that. And Jordan said, there is an I in win. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good. You know, once again, you got to see behind the curtain. The, the, the great thing about this is the video that was taken by NBA Entertainment. Without that, you don't have this. 1997-98, and, and having been around the Bulls, certainly during the playoffs, you saw these cameras rolling constantly, constantly. And I kept thinking, what are they using this for? And then it never came out. And Don Sterling was the guy that I worked with at NBA Entertainment. I did some voiceover work for Don Sterling. He did a great job with NBA Entertainment. But this was basically, they say to, to Michael, we're going to shoot all of this and we're not going to release it until you allow us to release this. And look how long it took for Michael to give the go-ahead to say, he, and the fact that he had veto power. Although I will say this, they showed Michael missing a free throw in that documentary last night. CGI? I, I'm surprised Michael didn't have that edited out. I didn't know Michael missed shots in crunch, uh, crunch time. I thought my, my TV had gone to a different channel. Yeah, I thought it was LeBron at the line. Whoa. Uh. Yes, Paul. One of my favorite pieces of footage was there's an infamous, infamous playoff game against the Pistons where Scottie Pippen had to tap out at a point in the game because he had a migraine. And that was a big, big deal in Chicago. Because when you hear someone's got a headache and they're missing a playoff game, you're like, well, come on, you can play. But Scottie Pippen was saying, I had blurry vision. I couldn't see. Well, Kareem had migraines back when they played Philadelphia when Magic played center. Yeah. They show right before the game, though, they're doing the huddle. And 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 Jordan looks around and goes, where's BJ? Where's Scottie? He doesn't know what's going on. He's not aware that Pippen's got a problem. And then they show him out on the court. Uh, this in from Adam Schefter, uh, future scheduled NFL draft sites, Cleveland next year, Vegas after that, and then Kansas City after that. What happened to the Rams? Yes, McLovin. So I, I read that part of the reason L.A. did not get one because they got the Super Bowl. So they, when they were building it, they were discussing, should we put the draft there or the Super Bowl? They gave them the Super Bowl and took the draft away or something. So that's where that started. 
but the combine might move there too eventually. Oh, okay. Well, I, I see them showcasing that stadium, but that's why I thought they'd put the draft because it's in Los Angeles. By the way, Dan, if we go to Cleveland, I know what you have to take us to. The Green Day exhibit. Oh, at the, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. In your lane. Yeah. No, I, I know exactly where it is. And I studied the Green Day exhibit. So whenever that topic comes up on this program again, I'm going to be ready the to intricacies go. intricacies of the track listing on Dookie. Yes. It's a yes. very prominent exhibit there. <laughs> couple of phone calls in here. <laughs> Dookie. Dookie. I know. Hey, man, stay in your lane. I don't need you saying negative things about Green Day. I watched Breaking the Band last night, Journey. I don't know why. I, I just was like, oh, Breaking the Band. Who? And I got, they had Guns N' Roses. It was back-to-back Guns N' Roses, then Journey. And, you know, they're, I didn't know much about Journey, but they had some drama. What did you learn? Well, Steve Perry came in and he was never fully accepted. And, uh, you know, it was a band that was basically an offshoot of Santana. And then they started this and then they got popular because of Steve Perry and his great voice. But, uh, you know, there was a real falling out there. Guns N' Roses was just, you know, you had Axel who had them sign over Guns N' Roses to him. They're on tour. All Slash wanted to do was, I think, just play and party. And here's Axel saying, I'm going to get these guys to sign over the name of the band to me. You know, there was some real stuff going on there. And then, you know, somebody's pancreas exploded. Sure. That's hot. There's always an overdose where someone lost a finger or a foot. Someone's always lost a limb or someone had some kind of major drug issue. Why? It's usually drug issues. I think you only had, you know, uh, who was it? Uh, Def Leppard. They lost a limb. I don't think most bands lose a limb. They basically either die or you have an overdose and come back. Uh, But yeah, it's Guns N' Roses. I can't imagine how you could be on the road and have that many tour stops. Like just survival, considering how they they went about it. Because they went went obviously pretty hard. All right, uh, let me see. What do we have? Terry in Pennsylvania. Hi, Terry. What do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Hey, Terry. Uh, Five, nine, one, sixty-five. Um, so about the Jalen Hurts pick, I was thinking that Eagles fans should be grateful because last year in the playoffs, Wentz takes a shot. It's not really his fault he got hurt. And Josh McCown shots out on the field. I feel like that situation happens again. They're going to feel a lot better about Jalen Hurts coming onto the field than they did with Josh McCown. Yeah, you got an injury-prone quarterback, or at least his style leads him to be injury-prone. Because people are, you know, saying, "Well, wait a minute, you got a problem with the Packers taking Jordan Love, uh, but you don't have a problem with Jalen Hurts going to Philadelphia." No, I like Jalen Hurts. I was surprised that the Eagles took him, though. So, just want to make sure I get my opinion straight. You got him. Is this does this say more about? I don't. I don't buy into this. Oh, he's going to be like Taysom Hill. I. I just. That's not what I want Jalen Hurts to be. Taysom Hill does everything. He's on kickoffs. He's on punts. You know, he's a wide receiver. And he wasn't a, even a, a great college quarterback. He's, he's a great athlete. Jalen Hurts has quarterbacking skills. They're different. You know, am I going to put him in the wildcat? Okay. I mean, you, you got a quarterback. You know, you, you drafted somebody you don't necessarily want to use because if you do, that means Carson Wentz got hurt again. How many plays are you going to use him each each game? He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Kyler Murray. It's different. 
because those guys are the fastest guys on their team. Mike in California joins us. Hi, Mike. Hey, what's going on, Dan? 5'11", pre-pandemic 175, post-pandemic 198. Hey, um, hey, hey, you ain't got you no Saints jersey yet, Dan? Uh, no, not yet. For Adam Troutman, you got to get your Adam Troutman jersey. They don't get many draft picks. I mean, you've been in the business for... I've been following you since I was a little kid watching you, and I'm old. <laughs> and y'all ain't got no draft pick yet. Man, you you supposed to have some clout. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We have, you know, the guys that went to Dayton are pretty impressive here. We don't have great football players. Now, that's, you know, this this kid out of Dayton, a tight end, got drafted by the New Orleans Saints. And he's going to make the team, and, and he could eventually start. But we do have some. John Gruden went there. Chuck Knoll went there, and I went there. So that's that's still impressive there. But I'll, I'll get a Saints jersey. I just, you know, got to get around to it, Mike. Stop yelling at me. The Flyers, all right. Hey, about the virtual draft, that they might as well have the regular draft because the great moments from the draft, Dion and Barry Sanders, Drew Bledsoe, they was at home anyway. So the virtual draft always been there. Even at the regular draft, the, the, some of the times when the top pick knew he was the guy or the top five, they stay home with their family. And you get a, all the great coverage of Dion. They're going to have to put me on layaway. That was like virtual draft <laughs> before, you know, the Internet. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking for that energy. And thank you, Mike. And I appreciate you growing old with me. Uh, I, I need the energy from the building. I like that. And and I think it, it enhances the draft. But it, you can take pieces of this i'm fine with that it doesn't matter i just wanted the draft i didn't care how you gave it it could have been over the radio i would have been fine with it didn't matter there were pockets that were fun and uh i'm glad they were able to do it and be successful in doing so all right 19 after the hour more phone calls best and worst of the weekend we'll give you hours coming up later on this hour we'll check in with peter king he'll join us next year on the dan patrick show Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Phone calls coming up. Our best and worst of the weekend as well. Got a poll question. McLevin, update the poll results before we get to Peter King. Which did you prefer, the traditional draft or the new virtual draft? 52% say traditional, but it's really close. Yeah, I'm surprised. Peter King, NBCSports.com, and of course his great column, Football Morning in America. Peter joins us now. Peter, what kind of elements do you think we'll take out of this virtual draft that we'll implement maybe next year in Cleveland? Dan, I wouldn't be surprised to see the NFL still use a lot of draftees in their homes maybe bring fewer big stars to Cleveland. And, uh, and, and instead of bringing, instead of having all of the stars come to Cleveland, I think there's a really good chance that they sort of merge the two ideas. You know, whatever, Trevor Lawrence, you know, chest bumping with Roger Goodell, and then maybe all the guys beyond pick 25 or whatever, you see that drama at home. Like to me, the two things out of this draft that people will never forget is, and, and look, I had, I had five general managers between Saturday and Sunday who, you know, two of whom really did not like this. Okay. Entering, you know, two weeks ago. 
Even Mickey Loomis, who didn't like it, told me that it's a memory his kids will never forget. And, and, and mm. you know, to have so many, uh, you know, key NFL people have their kids draped on them when they're making the picks. I mean, it probably will never happen again. But you know what, Dan, maybe it should. Whose uh, team's strategy do you have a hard time wrapping your, your head around right now? Uh, well, I, I mean, I didn't love the Packers, but not necessarily for the Jordan Love reason. I didn't love the Packers because whatever you think of the future of Aaron Rodgers, you know, let's leave that to the side. Dan, in the last six, this is the second draft in a row where they didn't take a wide receiver, okay? It is the sixth draft in a row where they did not take a wide receiver in the first three rounds. And in all six of those seasons, they did not spend free agent money on a big wide receiver. So they basically are doing to Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, what Bill Belichick did to Tom Brady last year, saying, hey, listen, you're a great player. Win it. You and Josh McDaniels, go figure it out. And, you know, to me, hmm. this is about a franchise that, in my opinion, the game is changing. You need explosion. Look at what the Denver Broncos are doing. Look at their receiving core. It's utterly fantastic. And that is the way the game is going right now. The Kansas City Chiefs are providing a blueprint for everybody. Yeah, I'm with you on that, trying to understand this. They, they, the reason why I don't like the Jordan Love pick more than anything is I have I got the, the financial aspect of this with Aaron Rodgers. He's tied up for four years, and you want that rookie contract at the quarterbacking position. All of these teams that, you know, Wentz and Goff and Baker Mayfield, I mean, all these Daniel Jones, they're all put in there to start so they can take advantage of that contract. By the time Jordan Love gets ready to play – if he does get ready to play in Green Bay, it might be four years down the road. You're not able to take advantage of that rookie contract. I think Jordan Love's got a decent chance to be the next Garoppolo. And, you know, if, if you look at the way this could go, let's say Aaron Rodgers sort of views this as, just like Brett Favre did, quite honestly, as I'll show them, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and, and let's say he views it as that when he uh, reports whenever this season is played if it is. You know, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see that unless Rodgers gets hurt, I think it's going to be very hard for him to come off the field in the next three years. I talked to GM Brian Gutekunst yesterday, and I asked him that same question. This guy, I mean, Rodgers told me a year and a half ago he wants to play at least 40 if his legs are sound. And, and, and so that's four more years then. And if he plays four more years – how are the Packers going to be able to know whether they should exercise that fifth-year option? And I asked that to Gutekunst, and he said, if Aaron plays great for the next four years, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing him, that would be great for the Packers. Yeah, but Pete, I would rather have a motivated Aaron Rodgers with some wide receivers. Of course. Than... Yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh. And you know what? I, I'll tell you what. If I take Jordan Love right there, you know what I do? I trade a lot, a lot to move up either high in the second round or even back up low in the first, even if it means next year's one. I trade a lot to get Michael Pittman or T. Higgins or, or, or whoever. You know, I, the Packers are a very smart personnel team. 
I would trust them to look at their draft board in the greatest year for wide receivers in the draft maybe ever, but I think they've got to come out of, of this draft with one this year. Your uh, favorite team in the draft? Uh, pardon me, that's Chuck the dog. He must hear somebody at the door, Dan, here in Brooklyn. <laughs> Chuck, uh, my favorite team? Yeah. Um, I'll say two. I'm going to give you two quick ones. Number one, San Francisco, yeah. because John Lynch – gets thrown this hand grenade. Hey, by the way, Joe Staley, all-decade player, he's not playing this year. Not only does he need a defensive tackle and a wide receiver in this draft, he now needs, uh, you know, an offense, a left tackle. So he makes the trade for uh, Trent Williams, and he gets, obviously, he gets uh, Kinlaw as the defensive tackle, and they love Brandon Ayuk, so they draft him. So I, I really like what they did, and and look, it's a little bit selfish, but I think what the Bucks did was really cool. First of all, Tampa Bay general manager Jason Light let me into his virtual draft room, and I witnessed their first round. And they chased and chased and chased and finally got the right tackle for Tom Brady, um, you know, Tristan Wirfs. The most interesting thing about that, Dan, when I witnessed that, technology helped them do their jobs. They were not... Uh, detoured from doing anything because they all weren't in the same draft room. Yeah, I wondered about that. I felt because we had had some analysts who were, you know, they were projecting there'd be a lot of trades in the first round. And then I wondered if because of the technology, because of how the draft was a virtual draft, that would make it harder to pull off these deals. You're saying that that wasn't the case with Tampa? I don't think it was. Now, there were last year there were 41 trades in the draft. This year there were 33. So maybe some teams were a little spooked by it, but I can tell you that, you know, that, that Jason Light, the GM of the Bucks, or his uh, personnel guys called every team after, from, from seven and beyond and tried to get that pick because they were all set in. They were focused in on getting a right tackle for Tom Brady, and that was Tristan Wirfs. They thought he was the best right tackle in the draft. So – Every time they called, it wasn't because there wasn't enough time on the clock or it was awkward or anything like that. They had plenty of time. They never came close. Now, when they finally uh, uh, reported the pick, there was only 45 seconds left. But so what? That's, that's plenty of time to get a pick in. He's Peter King, NBCSports.com, and the column is Football Morning in America. Jalen Hurts being selected says more about Carson Wentz or trying to find the next Taysom Hill. I would say neither. I'd say neither. In my opinion, that is simply a recognition of the fact that on some teams, when you don't have a solid rock 16-game every year starter, and Carson Wentz has missed seven games one year, six games the next year in 17 and 18. So he's not been a solid rock. Maybe he'll turn, turn out to be Phil Simms. After a lot of injuries early, he becomes that solid rock guy. He isn't right now. This is about, on a team like Philadelphia, the backup quarterback. It's not the same for every team. But the backup quarterback on the Philadelphia Eagles is one of the 10 most important people on the team. That's a fact. If you don't have a good backup quarterback and your quarterback gets hurt, your season's over. So Nick, having Nick Foles was a huge boon to them in 17 and 18. He won them a Super Bowl. 
And they didn't have that unless you think that, you know, untested backups, you know, like Kaya Lawletta are going to be really good, but you don't know that. And that's why to me, getting Hurts is a smart move for the Eagles. When you look at camps being opened up, like how, what has to happen between now and whatever that date is before, you know, if the NBA comes back, is that going to help yeah. out with the, I know there's far more players with the NFL, but what kind of, you know, precautions are going to have to be put in place before you can have actually have teams get together. One of the toughest things for the NFL, whenever the NFL starts, whether it be training camp practice, whatever is, you know, are they going to feel good about, uh, taking all of these tests from somewhere when America is crying out, when the doctors and governors and mayors say, we want to do more testing. What's it going to be like if every week, every NFL team, let's just say, uses 500 tests to make sure that they can keep the train on the tracks and keep going? And that's just a wild guess. I would think that they'd have to test their players, all their players and, and, and important staff once or twice a week at least. And so are they going to be comfortable in taking thousands of tests from training camp and into the regular season um, away from the larger populace? Yeah, I think we got a, a, a long road here, uh, certainly with that. But I could see where the, quarter, the quarterbacks all get together. You could have a, you know, a virtual quarterback room where you could actually have these. Joe Burrow could get together with his quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator. Uh, I don't know if Andy Dalton's still in the mix there. By the way, Andy Dalton and Cam Newton now more likely to find a home with the draft being over, or are we going to – have to wait until closer I don't to the know. season. I mean, you know, there's still a problem with Cam Newton. You know, teams want to – they want to meet him up front, talk to him. They want to uh, get their – have their doctors be able to get their hands on him. So I – those are – that's, to me, unanswerable right now. Dalton is a different story. He doesn't have an injury history, uh, you know, so but, – but who knows. But the one thing about your prior point, Dan – you know, I asked Zach Taylor because I talked to him over the weekend and I talked to Burrow, uh, you know, how weird will it be if, you know, if, if, if the, let's say the season starts on October 1st and how weird would it be if Joe Burrow meets A.J. Green on Labor Day weekend? <laughs> if he meets T. Higgins, yeah. uh, you know, Tyler Boyd, if he meets all of his guys who he, he's going to have to, you know, sing beautiful music with. But but I'll just say this for all the people who say, well, he won't play this year. They better play Andy Dalton. I mean, maybe they will. But I will also say this. Russell Wilson, 19 days after he practiced for the first time with Wisconsin, whatever year that was, 2011, I think it was, you know, is playing football games and winning Big Ten games for them. Uh, Cam Newton didn't have – uh, an off-season program with the Carolina Panthers, practiced for five and a half weeks, and then threw for 400 yards in his first game. It's not impossible. All I'm saying is that it's going to be weird. And, and also, Dan, how about this? Joe Burrow, you know Ohio. Joe Burrow cannot work out at Athens High School, his high school alma mater. His dad coached at Ohio University. He can't work out there either. So he's going to have to work out – Zach at just a field, maybe even in his backyard, you know, outside of Athens. He's going to have to find a field to throw to. And, 
And Zach Taylor, I'm not sure he was kidding. He said, hey, he might have to work with his mom and dad. <laughs> it's just, it's a, I mean, Dan, this, I, I, I find this one of the most interesting times, maybe the most interesting time of my sports writing career because there is so much happening. That if, if, if you had told me that you were going to be watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first round of the draft um, on, your, uh, on my iPhone uh, from, a, from an iPad put in the room, and that's going to be the huge thing in your post-draft column. <laughs> that's insane. It just, it, and so that's the kind of stuff that I just find so incredibly interesting right now. Well, there's nothing going on, but there's everything going on. Yes. Right? That's an excellent way to put it. Pete, great to talk to you. Great column as well. Great insights. We appreciate your time. And uh, say goodbye to Chuck. For All us. right. Hey, Chuck, Dan says goodbye. <laughs> Does he bark on cue? No, he just barks if he hears the slightest noise. Does Chuck do any tricks, Peter? Uh, yes, he begs very well. He begs, <laughs> he begs 24-7. Yeah, but we I don't mean, really love it here in the King household. Yeah, but I've been to dinner with you, Pete. You do the same thing. <laughs> thank you dan thank you peter that's peter king peter king nbcsports.com the football morning in america column take a break we'll give you our best and worst of the weekend and more phone calls coming up right after this thanks for listening to the dan patrick show podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday morning nine until noon eastern six to nine pacific on fox sports radio and you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. A friend just emailed me and he said, uh, I know you like Aaron Rodgers, but maybe that's clouding your vision here of what the Packers are really saying. So I said, question mark? His completion percentage last season was the second lowest of his career. His quarterback rating was the lowest of his career. But when you start to look, I, I said snot come out of my nose. Because here's the thing. The lowest of his career, like, it, the low, like the worst of his career is the best of a lot of people's careers. I guess that's the lowest quarterback. His quarterback rating is 95. That was the lowest of his career. All right. I got it. I still think Aaron Rodgers is going to play and play at a high level for three more years. If you can justify Jordan Love by telling me in five years he'll be an all-pro quarterback, good, go get him. Because you're trying to win now with what you're going to have for how many years are you going to have Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre combined in Green Bay? And you're going to have two Super Bowl wins to show for it. Is that successful? In my opinion, it's not. I got two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Two guys that will be in the top 10. And you got two Super Bowl wins. That, to me, is not good enough. And, and I know that we look at Aaron Rodgers and you say, hey, go out. You're the greatest quarterback of all time. Hey, most talented. Hey, make it work. Well, after a while, you go, uh, all right, I'll try to make it work. Did you make it work on the defensive side of things? Because last I looked, the Niners were never stopped in that uh, NFC title game. So I can look at Aaron Rodgers and say, Aaron, go out there. You're best quarterback. Go do it. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm saying, all right, you're not going to get me a wide receiver in the last, what, seven years? In the first three rounds, that's impossible. 
It's not like the Bulls go to Michael Jordan. Hey, you go out there. Hey, why don't you win uh, win championships here? They said, Mike, you're not going to be the player you once were. We're going to go out and build a team around you. That's why Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. If Michael has one title or two titles, he's nowhere near the greatest player of all time. The reason why we recognize greatness is you win. That's it. You win. Joe Montana, not the, the best athlete, you know, a statistical phen- uh, phenomenon. None. No, none of that stuff. He won four Super Bowls, went 4 0. That's it. Dan Marino, more talented than Joe Montana, in my opinion. Okay? Joe Montana went 4 and 0 in the Super Bowl. That's why he's considered on the short list of greatest quarterbacks of all time. Is he better than Dan Marino? Not in my opinion. You know, if you look at uh, John Elway, when he didn't win, then we held that against him. And then he won a couple that really, he wasn't the main guy. And then he got credit because he had a lot of help there. When you win, we recognize greatness. That's what it comes down to. Do you want to share and be great and win championships or be the, like James Harden? I hope James Harden is watching the Bulls documentary. I hope he looks at that and says, Maybe this style is not going to win me anything, because it's not. And I wonder if he looks at this and sees what Jordan was doing those first couple of years, and then Jordan realized, I can be great, but I'll never be the greatest. He won those titles. That's why he's the greatest of all time. Best and worst of the weekend. Uh, McLovin, I'll start with you. Okay, best, I'm going way back here, but there was a layup where Michael Jordan had in the documentary last night where I guess a Knicks where he did a 360 in the air, threw it over his head and got fouled. Um, it was 25 years ago. Worse is the Redskins finally trade Trent Williams now. Why did they do this two years ago? What is going on with that franchise? They got a third and a fifth? I don't get it. That was an absolute steal. There should be a wanted poster of John Lynch of the 49ers because he stole from the Redskins. Mm. I was told they were getting a first-round draft pick. I was told that Thursday morning they were going to get a first-round draft pick for Trent Williams. And all of a sudden, you got that. And everybody knew you had to replace Joe Staley. And they still got it. Amazing. Seton O'Connor, best and worst. My best of the weekend also goes back to the Bulls documentary from last night. But there was it's about a 20-second clip where they have Phil Jackson explaining the triangle offense. And then they show from an overhead camera looking down the Bulls running it and just sort of the way everybody was moving. And like, I've always had a general idea of what the triangle offense was, (laughs) but I never really knew like to that level. But watching them actually execute it from that level and that detail and they're drawing the triangle and here and here's your options and all of that was really fascinating. And it was only it was quick. It was a really quick clip, but super interesting. Um, my worst of the weekend is Jake Fromm dropping. Dang, Alang. Yeah. What happened there? Yeah. You know, you Georgia keeps him. Jacob Eason transfers. Justin Fields transfers. They get, you know, Fromm gets drafted higher, and then Fields will be a first-round draft pick next year. And, you know, Fromm there at Georgia beats out those guys. And he was an oh, by the way, you know, latch on to somebody. Yeah, I was surprised at that. Uh, Paulie. Such a Patriot draft, best of the weekend. Uh, they got a guy from Lenore Ryan with the second, uh, early in the second round, and then a kicker late in the, in the draft. My single favorite draft and uh, was the Bills. 
They took a running back, Zach Moss, out of Utah in the middle of the third round. That's exactly where you want to take a running back. He'll, I think he's going to rush for 1,000 yards and lead all rookies next year. Mm. Yeah, hot, hot, hot. Uh, but he's a really good running back. That's it. He makes people miss. And he attacks some people. He, he makes people miss. He, he, as he went, that team went. Uh, uh, Fritzy, best and worst. My best, hoping it's safe backs occur from this, but the NBA opening up team practice may f- in states with relaxed stay-at-home orders. My worst of the weekend during the sixth round of the draft, Michigan offensive lineman John Runyon Jr. accidentally hangs up on the Packers. They were going to <laughs> let him know they were selecting him. I thought that was fantastic. I think he was mad that they took Jordan Love, and that's not <laughs> fair to Aaron Rodgers, I think. Everything goes back to him. Uh, Evan in Ohio. Hi, Evan. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, uh, so uh, hear me out on, on what I'm about to proffer. I'm not the uh, the oracle. Make it quick. Like, uh, make it quick, Evan. Make it quick. Yes, yes, sir. I, listen, I, I think that the 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 Patriots want Tom, or they they want Andy Dalton. I, I think I wouldn't sleep on the Bengals keeping him, possibly restructuring his contract, and maybe redshirting Dalton for half the year of the entire year. I don't know what he's going to cost me if I keep him, but if I can keep Andy Dalton for a year with Joe Burrow, I, I wouldn't keep him because the Patriots want him. I, you know, I'm not sold that the Patriots, you know, they said that they went through the draft, didn't take a quarterback. That wasn't by design. I, I'm going to guess that they're going to still look at Andy Dalton or Cam Newton. I would. Yeah, Paul. If I'm the Bengals, Andy Dalton for Julian Edelman straight up. Bring him back to Ohio. Finish mm. his career. Mm. Hot, hot, hot. Mm. Do the Buccaneers offer a second round pick next year and bring in Edelman? I don't know if they have a second-round pick, but you might as well be all in on this. You're bringing in Gronk, you got Tom, you bring in Edelman. Not that they need another wide receiver. Final hour coming up, Reggie Miller will stop by, get his thoughts on part three and part four of the Bulls documentary. Did Reggie hate the Pistons as much as Jordan hated the Pistons? Final hour coming up, Dan Patrick Show. 